and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I'm your host Andy and I'm this week here for a week eight review. And um, this week I'm joined by Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Freddie. How are you, Freddie? Good evening, morning, afternoon, whenever anyone's watching this. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on and um, three weeks of winning, which is nice, as well as a bye week. And yeah, we're back in the mix, which is lovely. Um, all good this end. Yeah, and thank you for coming on, Freddie. You're um, you're you're fairly well known in sort of the NFL UK community and on Twitter and Facebook, things like that. So I think there'll be quite a lot that'll be keen to get your views on the current NFL NFL world. Um, so like I do with any of our guests who haven't been on before, I want to ask you, Freddie, um, because you're a Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I want to get from you first of all what the reason is for supporting the Steelers, but secondly, how does a typical Sunday look watching the NFL? Uh, in your in sort of the, the world of Freddie Harper Davis, um, well, I have my phone and my laptop, as you can see. Um, so two screens, one normally has red zone on, and um, so that's from the first 6 p.m. game right the way through to the later game. Um, well, not quite the prime time game, and then obviously you've got the um, my phone. I'll either be watching the Steelers if they're playing, or if not, I'll pick a game that's on Game Pass. So that could be. It could be a really exciting top game, or I could decide to watch two rubbish teams battle out, like the Dolphins <laughs> and the Texans this week. So oh, cheers, it, it, it varies on it varies on what that is, but yeah, I'll try and watch a game as well as Game Pass being on, and try and at least get one primetime game watched per week. I wouldn't watch all three because uh, the sleep we're I know we're sleep deprived enough as uh, American sports fans, but yeah. And and the reason for supporting the Steelers. Um, well, first of all, obviously, there's a big steel connection between uh, the same here in the UK. We've got our uh, steel industry as big like it is in Pittsburgh um, and also their loyalty as well. You have three coaches in in their his in their history, which is uh, unusual for a, a sports team, particularly as you see sackings of coaches, players happens all the time. So, uh no, it's it's the loyalty. Um, it's not a big marketplace. I'm not a big market person. I live in the middle of nowhere, so uh, <laughs> I'm not a New York type, uh, LA or sort of fan. So uh, yeah, Pittsburgh just suited me down to the ground, really. And was it sort? Was it the case where you saw them on TV for the first time and loved them, or you liked the kit, or there was a certain player that drew you into them, or was it just sort of a mixture of all three? Yeah. So the the first London game I I watched on the tv was um the vikings and the the steelers so uh and uh as many people will know i am a plymouth argyle fan so uh i'm used to losing so i thought i'd support the uh the team who lost and uh naturally that yeah. was the steelers and that's what it's been ever since yeah it's quite ironic that you picked a team that lost but actually you picked one of the most successful franchises yeah what ended up with a really really good franchise yeah. sure we haven't won anything since then but uh it's not too bad yeah, and no, I think with um, you know, with the org- I think they're one of the most well, if not the most well-run organization in the NFL. And to be look at the you mentioned Paul, but the loyalty and about sort of the the fan base. I think the Steelers are just one of those franchises that they're always going to be there and thereabouts. And I think as long as you've got Tomlin in charge, I think you've got you'll be you'll be there for years and years. Um, so yeah, we are going to mention the Week 8 review, but before we do that, there's been a couple of trades the last couple of days. Obviously, the trade deadline is today. Um, if anything comes through whilst we're recording the podcast, we'll let you know in terms of trades, but 
it's been quite slow. But the two main ones, um, sort of more of a minor one, saw Melvin Ingram um, traded from your Steelers to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I want to get your views, um, Freddie, on this because he wasn't there long at the Steelers. Um, are you sort of upset to see him go or do you think it's it's right to move him on? I don't really, I can't really make sense of it because we signed Melvin Ingram in the summer to be our third choice outside linebacker behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. He played third, the for third outside linebacker type reps and then he was disappointed that he wasn't the starter. So I have no idea why he signed for us in the first place. It mm. it doesn't really make any sense, but um, he wanted to leave to play more. Fair enough. The Chiefs offered us a pick for him. So uh, good riddance is all I can say. I'm, I'm sure he'll be <laughs> I'm sure he'll be productive in Kansas City because uh, they have literally nobody on defense. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not it's not the biggest of losses for us. No, he, you've got to think as well we, if he's wanting to get football. I mean, I don't know how he expected to be the main guy in Pittsburgh when you've got one of the best defensive players in the entire league in TJ Watt. So it just surprised me that it did surprise you that he obviously left because he wanted more football because he should have he known before he joined that he wasn't going to be the main guy with the TJ Watt there. But the other, talking of great defensive players, the other breaking news in terms of trades was a Denver Bronco great Von Miller has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams, which I think so is everyone. I mean, Von Miller, he's getting on in age. Um, he's an absolute legend at that team. Maybe even the best player. Maybe him or Elway, the best two players in franchise history. But um, obviously, Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 50. Um, but he's now gone to a team that is looking to win. And I think um, it's amazing how he's been all this time, you know, looking for a team to play Super Bowl on their own ground. And we could just have two in two, in two years. Um, I think it will be the Bucks or the Rams who are playing in this game. Do you think this trade... Um, makes Rams even more contenders or do you think he's just another piece in that amazing defence? Um, I don't think you can just call Von Miller another piece because it's Von Miller and yeah. he's been outstanding for Denver for so many years. Um, I think Denver did quite well to get a second and a third out mm. of it, bearing in mind that he's not going to sign on. He wasn't going to sign on this year after this year anyway. Um and he obviously was out of contract at the end of the season. So to get two day two picks for him is is very good. Um, the Rams obviously have got a good defence. They've had some... It's not quite as good as it has been in previous years. Obviously, they had um, Brendan Staley there last year as their defensive coordinator. It's not quite been what it was a year ago. But the addition of Von Miller certainly makes him a scary threat for any opposing quarterback. Um, as for the Rams... In terms of competing for the NFC, I agree. I think it's probably going to be Rams and Bucks, but you can't discount the likes of uh, Green Bay or Dallas either. No, I think Dallas, well, we'll get on to them later on, but I think Dallas showed yesterday that they can lose a big name and still win the games. Um, but talking of uh, Dallas's game, they played in Week 8, uh, but the first game of Week 8 saw a Thursday night thriller as the Arizona Cardinals lost their first game of the year, going now 7-1. and one. As the Packers also went 7-1 with their win. Uh, it finished 24-21 to the Green Bay Packers. Um, so the Randall Cobb got, got a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones also, James Conner. Um, it was a very impressive game. And sort of the game, the main talk about was the ending when AJ Green, AJ Green seems to forget how to be a player. He seemed to just 
it was a last minute interception. I forgot who the player was now who intercepted it, but AJ Green just seemed to forget he was playing a professional game. But in terms of the stats, um, Carlo Murray didn't throw a touchdown, but he had two interceptions, but uh, and he had 274 yards, whereas Aaron Rodgers had 184 yards, but two touchdowns, but zero picks. In terms of rushing, the lead rusher was AJ Dillon for the Packers with 78 yards. Um, and two touchdowns came from James Conner for receiving yards. The lead receiver was DeAndre Hopkins with 66. Um, and then defensively, um, there were three sacks in the game from Devondre Campbell of the Packers, Dean Lowry of the Packers, and Zach Allen of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. In terms of lead tackles, lead tackler was Jordan Hicks with 12. And then there was two false fumbles from both um, Cardinals players and Marco Wilson and Jonathan Ward. Um, I thought firstly it was a good game. We had a lot of these Thursday night games have sometimes been a bit of a letdown, but this one certainly wasn't. Uh, I know you're certainly someone I, I've known that um, does stay up late for these games sometimes, uh, which fair play to you. I normally watch it in the morning on Game Pass um, with the adverts skipped. But um, first of all, what are your thoughts on um, this game overall, but also um, how do you rate the Cardinals' playoff chances in terms of now they've lost their first game? Do you think they're going to... Um, still be good, or do you think this could potentially um, hinder that sort of affect their confidence? Um, firstly, I'll talk about Green Green Bay. Obviously, had a lot of players out. It wasn't just their receivers. They had Bakhtiari was out. They had I think Jai Alexander was out as well. So they had plenty of their top players out, and they still performed to a high level. Um, Aaron Rodgers was basically carrying the team. And it was nice to see AJ Dillon get plenty of carries as well. He had 16 carries and averaged just under five yards per carry. It looked like every time he touched the ball that um, no Cardinals defender was going to stop him. That was that was a big concern for me for Arizona is that they weren't able to stop the run, um, which is something that JJ Watt really was a big big factor in. And now that it looks like that you can run the clock on the Cardinals, that's going to be an issue going forward. Um, the other thing I would say is that it really is scary that the Packers can do that without their uh, big guy in Devontae Adams, who is the number one weapon in Green Bay. And uh, they go down to a a team that had a 100% record. And uh, obviously you were happy with the result because it means that the 1972 Dolphins roll on with their undefeated season again for another year. Yeah, very happy. I mean, it's um, the only thing we've got. It's the only thing we've got really <laughs> as a franchise at the moment. We've got nothing else to really. We've not been to a playoff game in five years. We've not won a Super Bowl since those two teams that won back to back in the seventies. It's the one thing we've got hanging over the teams. We've, I think, so it's always good when the last team loses their first game of the season. And I think that I'm sure the players would have once again clinked those champagne glasses like they do every year. Um, I think in terms of this game, I think um, you see certain quarterbacks that they need weapons around them to perform. I mean, there's talk of two have been the same. Um, even Tom Brady, to a certain extent, sometimes. But Aaron Rodgers has proved that he can have his best, receipt, best arguably two receivers both out, and he can still perform like that. And I think that I think it shows how good of a player he is, first of all, but also um, also in terms of their chances in the postseason. I mean, say if they get to the playoffs and, you know, they um they lose Adams to COVID or an injury or something like that, that shows to me that, yeah, they can still perform, they can still compete and win games without their best two receivers. So, for me, that was 
excellent performance from Rodgers, especially for my fancy, fancy team as well. Um, <laughs> it was really good. Um, but other games, obviously, we now move on to the Sunday slate. Um, the Panthers got back to winning ways. They won 19-13 over the Atlanta Falcons. And the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who were in impressive form, beat the Ravens by 20-odd points at home, on the road, I should say. Lost 34-31 at home to the Jets and backup quarterback Mark White. Um, and the next game I want to focus on is a game I wasn't looking forward to, as the Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 26-11. Um, so in terms of this game, um, it was quite a slow, slow scoring game for a while. It was 3-3 three, three at half time. Should have been more really, um, but we messed up at the end of the second quarter. And then the sort of mid-third quarter, the Buffalo Bills got into it and then they just they completely outrun us. But looking at the um, stats, Josh Allen had 249 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks and one rushing touchdown. Uh, whereas Tua Tangavaloa had 205 yards, zero touchdown passes, one interception and one rushing touchdown. Um, the actual only two rushing t- touchdowns of the whole game were from Allen and Tua. And in receiving-wise, um, looking at the yards, uh, Cole Beasley was the main man, was 110, with Devontae Parker having his one good game a year with 85 yards. Um, <laughs> um, so for me, I, I've actually watched this game, a lot of it, at um, Dortmund Airport. I was in Germany on the weekend, and our flight was at something like 9 o'clock German time. So I got to watch... Um, probably the first half, sorry, the first three quarters in a bit before our flight set off. And I watched the rest when I got back to my house. And I thought the first half we did really well. I thought that we would do well to contain the Buffalo offense. They looked stale in the first half, a bit like the game against you guys in week one. And I thought that we were excellent. And then it's the same thing that's happened all season. It's that end of the second quarter, start of the third quarter, that really ruined us. I mean, there was, first of all, Jason Sanders missed his third kick in a row, which... I didn't like him because last season he was pretty prolific. I don't think he only missed one field goal the whole year or something like that. And he's already missed three in three attempts. Um, and then obviously the the main thing was obviously with the, I don't know what happened in terms of communication with that um, incident where uh, I think it was jet motion and Gazicki sort of, I think the ball snapped too early or something. I don't know what happened there. But I think that really messed it up because we had the ball in the second half. We knew we'd get the ball in the second half. If we'd got the field goal, if we got a touchdown from that drive, where the incident happened, I think well, I've been, well, we've been 10, 13, 3 up at half time with the ball in the second half and I think that could have been a great way to sort of um, put a stranglehold on the game but then we allowed it to be 3-3 three, three at half time and then we just allowed Buffalo to get back into the game so I think for us it's disappointing because I think we had the chance to win that game, there was a chance there to really worry Buffalo and really I think if we'd, you know, if we'd been 13-3 we could have really forced them to make some more passes to go for it a bit more whereas they, they're allowed to be a bit more conservative and, and sort of drown um sort of grind it out and get those points that way but what, what were your thoughts on the game freddie um i think you're, you've you've hit most of the nails on the head that i was going to mention i think that um we had a similar game with buffalo a year last year where um we kept it very, very tight in the first half, and uh, I think we were ahead at one point. And then um, Ben threw a pick six just before the half, and then it fell apart, and Josh Allen came good in the second half. And it feels like very similar sort of game here in that the Finns kept kept them in check offensive on the offensive side of the ball for Buffalo for a while. And then in the second half, you can't keep Josh Allen quiet for a full game. It's very, very difficult. Um so if you're still level by the time that he wakes up, 
you're not going to win the game. So um, I don't know. It's, I really don't know what to think with Miami at the minute. They they you, they look so promising at times, and then you watch one quarter and you think, oh, this team have got really good potential. Then you watch the next quarter and they fall apart. So I don't really know. Um, the big question I have for Buffalo is their run game. Um, they had 47 yards rushing from their running backs and 55 from Josh Allen. That mm. is not going to win them playoff games. If if you're going to win playoff games in the cold weather of January, you need to be able to run the ball. And if they can't run the ball, I'm sorry, but they're not they're not going to be in the Super Bowl. They're, they're, that needs to improve. Um, they run defense also, but again against Miami with a a run run attack that also can't produce a lot. That wasn't a big issue. I mean, again, Gaskin and Ahmed, 58 yards between them. It's a, it's another big problem for Miami. And as the Steelers have seen, once you establish a run game, it does make that passing game so that much easier for your quarterback. So um, lots of issues in Miami. We're not going to solve them in in this call. I think we need, we need <laughs> until Christmas to solve out all the issues. But um yeah, there are promising signs, but at the same time, there's some big issues as well. Yeah, and I think it's no coincidence that our last our last time we had a good running back with JHI, and now the last time he had a full season with us, we made the playoffs. And I think that um, we've not really had a run game since. And I think that Miles Gaskin has been the best this season when he's been actually in a receiving game. He had what's it, a 22 yard catch of the day. I think he's been really um, he's been really good this season in terms of in the receiving game, but I think rushing game, he's been basically not allowed to perform because the run blocking has been so terrible in Miami for years as well, and the run defence for that matter. Um, so I think it's, I mean, if you haven't got a run game, you haven't got, if you haven't got a good line, you haven't got a good run game, you've got no chance of making the playoffs. And I think we've proved this season that, I mean, that's, it's so annoying because last season we got 10 and 6, we were one game away from the playoffs, because um, then the Bears got eight wins and got into the playoffs, it made it that much more annoying. Um, and yeah, I just I think losing Van Noy is a massive thing. I think we we losing a leader in that defense has really impacted us. And I think that our defense has gone down. I think for that reason more than anything else. And I think offensively, I think our offensive line is just really once again like it is most seasons. It's been it's hampering our chances. So I think yeah. in the off season, I think our three parties should be. Well, two parties really are a good, some good offensive linemen, whether that's free agency, whether that's the draft, and the same with the run game. I think that um, we've tried drafting offensive linemen like Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, but maybe we should try free agency. I mean, if we could have got someone like um, Orlando Brown or someone like that in the offseason, I think doing something like that next year would be the right step. I think now we need, we've proved through Chris Greer that we can't draft well. We can get draft picks, but we can't draft well. So I think if we can get leaders on defence or leaders in the team somehow, uh, but be more aggressive in, our, in the off-season, get more leaders in, I think that's our best chance of um, winning games, and also Deshaun Watson, but I've mentioned that too many times on the podcast. Um, going into the other games in the uh, Week 8 um, slate, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Von Miller's new team, beat the Texans 38-22 as they now go 7-1, as the Texans now go 1-7. and um, The Detroit Lions go 0-8 after a a really disappointing 44-6 <laughs> six loss um, to the Philadelphia Eagles, which 
impacts our draft position, but also just isn't something you want to see. Um, an overtime thriller between AFC South rivals as the Tennessee Titans beat the Indianapolis Colts 34-31 in overtime, which pretty much, I think, now guarantees them the division. Uh, but bad news for the Titans going forward, Derrick Henry has suffered a, looks like it's a season-ending injury, um, which is going to impact many fancy teams across the country, but also uh, the Titans' chances of, of doing well in the postseason. But the it, does look, one, it does look like, though, that it's going to be six, six to ten weeks is what they think. So Oh, OK. So he may if, come back sort of he, December, January. I mean, the Titans should make the playoffs from this position. Yeah. So I'd expect to see him then. But before that, probably not. Oh. Um, but the next thing we want to focus on is one for you, Freddie. As the Pittsburgh Steelers beat their division rivals, the Cleveland Browns, 15-10. Um, in this game, we saw touchdowns from the Ernest Johnson, the G. Harris, um, the rookie, and also Pat Freemuth. Um, in terms of the stats in this game, Big Ben threw for 266 yards, one touchdown, zero picks. Um, and where Baker Mayfield threw for 225 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times. Um, in terms of rushing yards, the lead rusher was Najee Harris with 91. Um, and with receiving, the lead receiver was Deontay Johnson from the Steelers with 98. Um, in terms of sacks, TJ Watt was the leader once again with 1.5, with Chris Wormsley, Isaiah Loudermilk, Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, and Cameron Hayward all contributing towards some sacks in the game. The lead tackler was Malcolm Smith with 10. And, the lead, and there's two forced fumbles in this game, both from Pittsburgh's Joe Schobert and Demetric Felton. Now, I imagine you watch this game more than me. I watch it on Red Zone, um, but I imagine you had it on Game Pass, as you were saying before. So you've got yep. a way better sort of stance than me on this game. So what was your views on on the game? Um, the, the, big, the big thing for the Steelers was preventing Nick Chubb from absolutely rip, rip, ripping, ripping, ripping us apart. There we go. Got it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he had an OK game for his stand. But for his standards, it was below par. And uh, if the Browns are going to win games, they need to lean on that run game, because quite frankly, and I've said this so many times, I don't think Baker Mayfield is your guy going forward. Um, as for as for the Browns receivers, obviously Jarvis Landry had a a really off day. I've never seen him perform quite like that before, where he was just dropping everything. And he obviously made the key fumble that TJ Watt managed to get out of his hands late in the game that basically won the game for the Steelers. Um, and offensively, the Steelers managed to run the ball more. The O-line actually looks like it's blocking things, which um, I know in Miami you wish that you had as well. Oh, 100%. Um, but it's been so bad for at least a year now it's actually nice to see that we're getting some push up front it's still not it's not one of the best in the league but it actually looks like there's progress being made it's a young a young front five so if this carries on and the development keeps going then um who knows where this team can go um as for as for ben and the receivers yeah again it was nice to see Najee harris do well in both the run and receiving game pat frymouth had a good game I absolutely adore Deontay Johnson and have been telling everyone for years to draft him in fantasy and I'm glad people have now finally been listening to me. Um, but yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a nice game. It was a low scoring one. It didn't help that we made that ridiculous play call to, uh, to injure our kicker in the first yeah. half. But... <laughs> yeah, that was mental. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that, really. It was a, a 5% chance play that we did against Denver uh, three years ago that paid off. 
and Tomlin thought, oh, let's run the same play again, and it didn't work. Yeah, a couple of points on the game I wanted to get from you. Um, first of all, was on the Browns, someone who we mentioned for trade deadline day, and someone who I'm surprised is still there, and I think personally should be moved on is OBJ. I just don't think he... I mean, Bacon Mayfield for me is a quarterback that if everything's right, he's good. But otherwise, um, if he's if any sort of adversity, he I think he can struggle. But he's never they've never had them to have never ever had a relationship as far as I can see they've never ever been able to perform on the pitch and I think it's no coincidence that last year they got to the playoffs without him in the starting lineup and I think that he's a good player talent wise but I think he just doesn't fit the Cleveland system I don't think he fits a system where there's three or four good receivers I think he he likes it when he's the main guy I think he I think he has been a victim I think of personally believing his own hype with the whole OBJ and how big he got after that one-handed catch. And I think, personally, that's been a hindrance for years. Too many injuries. I think, potentially, he is sort of... His celebrity status, I think, can, I think has impacted him on the pitch. But I think he does want to be the main guy. And I think he's not going to get that in Cleveland, personally. Um, oh. But also, my, my other point was about the Steelers. I mean, Mike Tomlin's been an ex-head coach, and he's just proved year after year. Not a single losing season at the franchise. Um, how do you... Do you I think the AFC North for me has proved this year to be the strongest division in the league. You look at the Ravens, Browns, Steelers and Bengals. All four teams are looking like they could be in the playoffs. I think all four can make the playoffs. I think all four will make the playoffs, personally. Um, what, what's your views on on sort of your your chance to make in the playoffs? Do you think you can make the playoffs? Uh, and if so, how far can you go? Um, well, first of all, you have to look at our schedule and um, we have two winnable games coming up the next couple of games against the Bears and Lions and then it gets very very difficult we've got trips to LA to play the Chargers we've got trips to the Chiefs to come um we've still got all our divisional games we've still got four four of those to come so two with the Ravens still we've still got to travel to um Cincinnati and we've got the the Browns again so it's a, a rough schedule um but as we've proven, we can beat the good teams. We we beat the Bills, obviously, week one. We've beaten the Browns, who admittedly they're not playing as well as we all suspected, but they're still a good team. Um, so we can be right up there. I don't think all four teams will make the playoffs, personally, because AFC North teams will take wins off each other and somebody from another division will rack up enough wins to get in there. I suspect, if I had to be honest, it would be New England who get in there because they seem to be getting better each week that I watch them. Um, maybe somebody from the AFC West as well. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't see why we can't make the playoffs. I don't think we're any more than that. To be honest, mm. at the start of the season, I thought we'd be the we'd be not really in the playoff mix at all. But things are getting better. And, um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. That's why it, every week. The, the, more, the more I think about it, the more I think... Actually, also, I think the Chiefs will make the playoffs. Same with the Chargers. Even the Raiders could be a shout. And I think you got the Patriots. Obviously, the Bills are going to get in there if we win in the division. The Patriots are going to be there and thereabouts. I, I think they'll miss out. I think they'll just miss out, personally, the Patriots. And then looking at the the South, maybe the Colts. But that AFC is so loaded. I think um, it's you're going to need a lot of wins. I think you're going to need double-digit wins, at least, if you want to make the playoffs. I think you've got... I think NFC you can probably get in on eight or nine wins, but I think with the with the um, AFC, I think it's so loaded, so stacked. I think that um, personally, you will need double digit wins, especially now with a seventeen game season. I think that personally, 
that's what it's going to take. I mean, I, I still think the Browns, I think the Browns are going to miss out. I've got a feeling they're just going to, they seem to have one good year and one bad year recently. So I, I just got a feeling they might miss out because of the whole uncertainty with their running game in terms of the fitness of their of their two running backs, but also um, with the lack of form of Baker. But the other games in week eight saw the San Francisco 49ers get back to winning ways with a 33-22 win over the Chicago Bears, which included a, a really good touchdown from rookie quarterback Justin Fields. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7, um, and the Los Angeles Chargers narrowly lost out to the Patriots um, 27-24. And then the Denver Broncos um, also got back to winning ways with a 17-10 win over the Washington football team. But the next thing I want to focus on with you, Freddie, is probably the biggest shock of the weekend, I'd say. Uh, NFC South rivalry as the New Orleans Saints beat the Tampa Buccaneers with Trevor Simeon as their quarterback, 36-27. Um, story of the game saw James Winston suffer what looks like a season-ending injury against his former team. Um, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Simeon came in, he threw for 159 yards, two for a touchdown, um, and then Tom Brady was the lead passer with three seven five yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, in terms of the running game, Alvin Kamara led the way for 61 yards and one touchdown. And receiving-wise, it was Chris Godwin that led the way with 140 yards and one touchdown. In terms of the defensive side of things, there was four sacks in this game from Dominic and Sue, Quan Alexander, Cameron Jordan and Tano Kasafgon. Uh, in terms of the combined tackles, the leader was Devin White with 10 and there was one forced fumble in this game from Cameron Jordan. Um, so this game surprised me, Freddie. I don't know what you thought, because I thought I thought even when James Winston was going to play, I felt Tampa were going to win this game. I thought they were just too strong. But for them to lose him, and Taysom, Taysom Hill also be injured, and then to get Trevor Simeon, who's been a career backer ball throughout his career, he's never really been that, that guy, Um Incredible, really incredible um, performance from him, but also just incredible result. I mean, Tom Brady threw a couple of costly interceptions. Um, yeah, well, what were your thoughts on the game, Freddie? Well, it's been the week for the backups this week with uh, various <laughs> backups winning all over the league. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a fascinating game to watch. I was absolutely stunned that it wasn't chosen as the Sky game. So I, I yeah, did watch this yeah. on. I did watch this on Game Pass and was. Uh, the, it, the Saints put up 36 points and the Bucks put up 27. But really, the winner was the um, the Saints defense who uh, forced Brady to have. Well, he he still had a good game, but even he made some uncharacteristic throws at times. He had a fumble, he had an interception um, that did kill the game, and the Buccaneers defense couldn't actually stop the Saints. Which, to be honest, having seen the Saints Seahawks game the week before, where they barely did anything on offense um it was a complete twist and um even Jameis before he got injured he was having a really really good game up until that point and um, but he was using his legs a lot and then obviously had a unfortunate incident for the uh that ends his season I'm gutted for him because um I really did think he was starting to come along and um I know a lot of people haven't really watched the Saints much this year because they've been going under the radar a bit but um, he was slowly getting better and he was fitting that system quite nicely. I'm just gutted for him because he's such a nice bloke. But the Saints have to move on and um, I don't really know what they do at quarterback for the rest of the season. Do they stick with Taysom Hill and Simeon? Probably. I don't think they'll go for Cam Newton because he's just too much of a distraction. He's not that good anymore. Um, 
But mm. as for the Bucks, they have they have their annual loss to the Saints, and they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I think they'll still be the best team in the NFC. I think if you're going to make the Super Bowl in the NFC, you've got to beat the Bucks at some point. I think they're the best team, arguably, in the whole of the NFL right now. Um, so yeah, I think the Buccaneers will be absolutely fine. Um, and they'll, they'll have no problems. Yeah, I was thinking in terms of callbacks, they could have, I mean, they could roll with Simeon, but I don't think that's going to be wise long term. I think that might be just a one off. Um, of Tayson Hill, again, I, I don't think he's the guy to of for a whole game. I think he's good in those little gadget plays, etc. But I don't think he's someone that can win your games. Um, in terms of other, I mean, I've seen this talk, actually, talk of Mitch Tabisky going to Washington. Um, so maybe someone who's a backup at another team. Um, I'm trying to think who's available. I mean, they could take uh, Brissett off our hands, no problem at all. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, oh, it's, 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 I mean, again, the short, do they go for the Sean Watts? Do they go for Sean Watts? Do they take the risk and go for him? Um, there's no one actually I can think of out there that's actually going to be, going to be, you know. There's not a really a, a no. guy who you think, oh, this, this guy can at least get you through the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's I think, yeah, unless they just, Roll with Simeon? I, I don't know. When, uh, it's just trying to think. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know who they're going to bring in. It's not really many good backups or free agents that they could get, really. I'm just trying to top my head. I can't think of anyone else, really, that's available, or even as a backup that could come in um, for for deadline. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, would be, it would be interesting to see what happened. Cause I thought they were looking really good. I thought they were looking like a playoff team. And James actually, I think he was one of the favourites probably for comeback player of the year. I think Dak probably will win that still. But um, yeah, I think he's been he's been good. I think he's been good in mostly. So um, yeah, it's interesting who they'll who they'll go and get. Um, talking of backups, the Sunday Night Football saw um, Cooper Rush come in for Dak Prescott pregame as the Cowboys beat the Vikings 2016. Um, there was touchdowns from Adam Thielen. Uh, Cedric Wilson scored a brilliant touchdown after a great pass from Cooper Rush, 73-yard pass. And then the winning touchdown came from Amari Cooper with, with one of the best catches out you'll see all year. Um, Cooper Rush had 325 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, whereas Kirk Cousins had 184 yards, no interceptions, and one touchdown. Um, Rushing-wise, Dalvin Cook was the lead man with 78. Ezekiel Elliott was next with 50. And then there was two great receiving performances from C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, both posting over 100 yards with Cooper getting that touchdown. Um, defensively as well, there was a interception from Xavier Woods. There was 11 combined tackles from rookie Michael Parsons, who's living up to the hype. And there was two, three fourth fumbles from Randy Gregory, Xavier Wood and Harrison Smith. Um, so, yeah, that was incredible, I think, for me with Rush. I don't think he's going to get many chances again. Um, to have that thing, and I think he's always going to have that that moment. Now, whenever he looks back at his career, he had his whole, he saw his parents and his wife were there. Whatever happens in his career, Cooper Rush, he's always going to have this one game that you can look back on with fond memory. I mean, that is something that every young player who plays the NFL, uh, whether that's in America or Germany or the UK or anywhere else, you all dream of that one game in the NFL, and he's always going to have for me that one game where you can look back on tell his grandkids tell his kids all about when he played the vikings and they beat them i thought that was really quite a um heartwarming story myself so um but in terms of the game um i thought the cowboys looked good even without dak i think they looked impressive the vikings i thought were good as well on defense they did really well stopping ezekiel elliott um and tony pollard flat matter 
Um, but I think the Cowboys, yeah, I think that just shows the talent they've got on offense. And I think in terms of the playoff, don't knock, don't write them off because I think they just look for me that they can just, you know, one one game could be um, CD Lamb, next next thing they could focus on Mari Cooper, then they could focus on Ezekiel Elliott one game in the run game. Um, I think the Cowboys have, have got it all on both, and now they've got the defense sorted. I think they're a real prospect for the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this game, Freddie? Um, I think purely this this just shows the difference between the conferences. The AFC, you haven't got any real leaders, but you've got ten or eleven teams who are all in that sort of mix of being pretty good, got a floor, but they're all going to be competitive with each other. The NFC, you've got four or five very, very good teams. So you've got the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Packers, and the Buccaneers. And then you've got quite a significant drop-off. You've got probably the Saints in the middle, and then the drop-off to the likes of the Vikings, who honestly were dreadful, dreadful on Sunday night. Uh, Kirk Cousins couldn't throw, well, he couldn't throw a thing for a while. He looked like his usual primetime self. The defense was giving up really big plays to their to Cowboys receivers. Um, Dalvin Cook had, did a okay. Justin Jefferson wasn't really himself. He he was out of the game for a vast majority of it. Um, but it really does show you how good the Cowboys are that they came in and beat the Vikings with a backup quarterback who, as good as Cooper Rush was on Sunday night. The difference between him and Dak is is massive. So, yeah, this it shows how good the Cowboys are. I, I want to give a bit of credit to um, Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory, who were all over the all over the place, causing the Vikings O line all kinds of problems on um, on Sunday night. And the Cowboys came out of Minnesota with a well deserved win. I mean, look, apologies for listeners who've heard this before, but I'm looking at the schedule and it's pretty favourable. They've got to play. Denver next, they've got to play the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Raiders, Saints, then the Washington football team, Giants, then the Washington team again, then Cardinals in, in Philadelphia. I think that, you know, the Chiefs will be a hard game, same with the Saints and the Cardinals. But, you know, the Washington, Washington have been terrible this year. Giants have been awful. Eagles have been inconsistent. Atlanta have been Atlanta. Denver have been stale on offense. And I think that they've got, I think, through their position last year in, in the division, I think they've got a very fable schedule and I think they could easily finish a season with 12 13 wins it does help having the worst worst competitors in three of the worst teams in the NFL in their own division which uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we all wish we could have the same but, yeah uh, yeah the, the Cowboys will be very much uh, a one or one or might even be the number one seed in the NFC and uh, I wouldn't want to be going through Dallas to to get out of that conference because nah. I, I don't see them losing many more games maybe one or two but yeah that schedule's really nice so yeah I think as we'll well, with, with, with the Buccaneers having such a hard division to play against they're probably going to lose maybe two games more this year three more games at a stretch whereas the Cowboys could easily win all the rest of their games they all those games they can win I uh, think you know the Cardinals will be the hardest one same with the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs will fight back um, but yeah, I think that they've got, I think they're probably finishing like 14 and 3, 13 and 4, something like that, I think personally, which sounds weird to say, saying 13 and 4. Um, but yeah, it's, I've been really impressed. Uh, but I do think overall, what let them down is the coaching of Mike McCarthy and his clock management for that matter. So I think 
Yeah. I, I hate to say a clash. I quite like the Cowboys. I don't really hate them like a lot of people do. But I think that Mike McCarthy is, I don't think he's anything special to coach. Any Packer fan boy tell you the same thing. Um, and I think yeah, his coaching and clock management will let him down when it comes to a big game, personally. Um, but the final game, it was last night's game. Probably one of the most least um, enjoyable of the weekend. It was probably the one of the most boring games of the weekend. But the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Giants 2017 as they get back to winning ways. Um, thanks to a Harrison Butker 34-yard field goal that, that sealed the game. Um, in terms of this game, Mahomes had another dis- um, struggle on offense. He had one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice and had 275 yards. Uh, Daniel Jones had 222 yards with two touchdowns, one interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Devontae Booker had the most yards with 60. Uh, receiving-wise, Tyreek Kill got back to his old self with 94 yards and one touchdown. Um, in terms of the defensive side of things, um, I've seen to have lost the stats. But, um, yeah, in terms of this game, I think the Chiefs weren't perfect, but I think they, they got back. They won a game ugly, which a lot of teams need if they want to a lot of teams that win championships do win games like this. And I think that, you know, even though it wasn't the best performance, they got the win. I think that could massively help their confidence. Um, also, I know me and you were talking about on Twitter the other day about how I felt they'll still make the Super Bowl. Um, and you probably you thought otherwise, uh, let's, let's say. So what are your views on the Chiefs, their struggles this year? And how do you see their season ending? Um, in tears. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This, this I watched the. I didn't watch this game last night. I watched the game of forty earlier. Um, not not impressed with the Chiefs. Really, they they no. slugged away. And um, this is the kind of game that I expected them to win by a couple of scores because I think if you want to beat the Chiefs, you've got to have an aggressive offense and uh, an offense that's uh, coached by Jason Garrett is not going to be aggressive. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> It was, I don't know, they got the win. The Giants aren't very special, Um, but it it just, it was just a bit of a slug. It was just a bit of a slugfest, really. It was a a game which Mahomes, again, looked inconsistent. Um, Defensive line is, will will get better. Again, it's a, a new line, so it'll take its time, but they're not going to win anything whilst the defence is just letting anything walk right through it. I don't think the addition of Melvin Ingram will make too much of a difference. They do need a pass rush. But they've still got some difficult games coming up on their schedule. I mean, they played the Green Bay Packers this week, and um, I, I cannot see the uh, the Chiefs coming out of that game with a win um, at all, particularly with the Packers having the likes of Devontae Adams back and fresh. Um, good luck is all I'm going to say with that. So. Uh, if they can come out of that with a win, maybe I'll join you on the the purchase saying the Chiefs can come out of the AFC because, as we've discussed tonight, the AFC is quite open. So uh, the Chiefs are in that mix, sort of the bottom end of the playoff teams, but and their division, thanks to the Chargers going off the boil a little bit, that that division has opened up a bit. So um, they've got their chance. Um, yeah. One one thing we haven't mentioned though, uh, I want to mention briefly, is that the Raiders are sitting at five and two and are having a good season. So uh, they're they're not going to be pushovers by any means. Yeah, I mean the Raiders. I don't know whether it's down to Gruden, but they always seem to in recent years always stumble in November. So I don't know whether now Gruden's gone, that might be different. 
But I think, yeah, the Raiders have got a good chance, actually. I never thought of them. I mean, the Chiefs have got to play the, the Denver Broncos still twice. Um, two wins. Two wins, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, it's a thing of, like, also, I, don't, I think they'll finish second in the AFC West. I think that we'll see the Chargers or Raiders win that. But I just think we've seen this with New England countless times with Brady and Belichick, where they were never anything special in the regular season. There was countless times over the years we'd always hear on these American sort of programs, talk shows, that is this the end of the Patriots dynasty? And they always seem to, albeit through an easier division, they'd always make the playoffs and then they'd always seem to take their best football for January. And I think that I have no doubt that Andy Reid will have some plays in his playbook that he just hasn't used yet and they're saving up for the playoffs. And I just think that also with defence, I think that Steve Spagnuolo's defence always seems to improve throughout the season. So I think there's still time for them to improve. Um, the offensive line is the only thing that gets me because I don't get why they got rid of the two players that they missed so heavily and that Tampa Bay lost in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, if they, if they can get if they can get in, if they can squeeze through... Um, I think that whilst teams have worked out that if you stop Kelsey and Hill, you stop the Chiefs, I still think that come if they make the playoffs, and that's a big if, I think that they can just surprise a few and make the Super Bowl. I think that the Bills, as we were saying, aren't perfect in the run game. Um, and I think what other teams in the AFC, and the Chargers have got no experience in the playoffs. Um, the Titans are, might lose Derek Henry. He may come back rusty in the playoffs. Um, so I think, I think they've got a great chance, but their defence is a worry, and their run game isn't special either, but we'll see, we'll see. So that does conclude our podcast, our Week 8 review with Freddie. So before we go, um, I'll give you the chance, Freddie, to promote your social media if you want to plug yourself. Um, I don't normally plug myself uh, on other people's podcasts, but I, I, w- I will do. I do run a, a Facebook group, which is a NFL UK fans group, and you can find me um, at Freddie Harper Dav on, um, on Twitter. So, yeah. If, if you want to listen to my rumblings about all sorts of and everything and moaning Andy about how he's wrong about the Chiefs, then uh, feel free <laughs> to join in. Yeah, do check it out. So thank you, Freddie, for coming on. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week for a week nine review. So take care.